The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. It's time to stop focusing on business problems and start focusing on the growth and leadership of your business. Welcome to The Business Edge with your host, Marsha Zeidel. Learn to create a growth agenda to get your business on the right track and keep it there. Rev up your growth engine with exceptional talent and develop the right kind of leadership to move it forward fast. Now, here is Marsha Zeidel. Welcome to The Business Edge, giving practical advice to entrepreneurs and business leaders and how to take your company, firm, or practice to that next level with less stress and more success. In other words, how to take the growing pains out of growth. I'm Marcia Zeidel, your Smart Moves Coach, getting you on the right track, keeping you on the right track, and making sure you don't get sidetracked. Let's start with a Smart Moves tip. You can't always see the ice cracking beneath your feet. Therefore, you can't wait until you're falling through the ice. You need to find ways to protect yourself. And one way is to be fully aware of the dangers that are right in front of you. To help us do that in terms of our intellectual property, both of ourselves and our business, is my guest, Russ Riddle, lawyer, speaker, trainer, and author of Lawyer Up the Smart Way. He will help us understand copyrights, trademarks, trade secrets, patents, licensing, and much more. You may think, how boring. Well, Russ is not your typical stuffy lawyer. Rather, he truly believes that we must never stop learning and laughing. His topic is um, Corral Your Cash Cow. How to Better Protect, Manage, and Fatten Your Cash Cow and Help You Avoid Rustling Other Cash Cows. Welcome, Russ. It's a delight to have you on the show. Hi, Marcia. I'm glad to be here. Thank you for having me. Well, let's just get started. Um, I've, you know, we've talked before, and your trademark is you call yourself an anomaly at law. What is this all about? <laughs> well, you know how people brand themselves or brand their companies? It was sort of a brand that found me. I would go to meetups and networking events, other settings of that nature, and I'd get to know people. We'd be getting along and, and carrying on, and they get to that ultimate question, what do you do? And I would tell them I'm an attorney. And in Inevitably, their mouth would drop. <laughs> One lady took my hand in both of hers and said, Honey, I hate to tell you this, but you do not come across as an attorney. Well, I, I almost kissed her. I, I thanked her profusely because I knew what she was talking about. She was talking about the stereotype of attorneys, and she was saying that you're not like that. And, and as the conversation went, and, and I've had this conversation with so many people, they said, you have a sense of humor. You, you're, you're relatable. I understand what you're talking about. You don't talk over our heads. And you're really an anomaly. And that 
piqued my interest a little bit, and so I became the anomaly at law as opposed to the attorney at law because I am a bit different, but I, I like to think we have fun as we help people. Well, that it's a it's a great trademark, and so let's get into the nitty gritty of uh, intellectual property, how to protect it, how to manage it. Um, first, um, how are you know for someone like me who really doesn't have a law background, and I imagine many of the listeners don't as well. Um, how are copyright and trademark different? Well, they're similar in that they are both types of intellectual property, but they get you the the terms get used interchangeably, and and they are quite different. The copyright uh, actually has its roots in the Constitution, and it's for protecting one's creative works, mm-hmm. whether that's works of art or a book or or whatever. If you have created something, you you deserve to have that protected and that is protected under the law of copyright and so it's all about you and your creative works trademarks on the other hand they are really about the consumer that's not to say that a trademark isn't valuable of course the trademark is valuable to the owner i mean coca-cola for instance has you has much value in their scripted coca-cola logo but trademark law came about to protect consumers, and that is to, that they should have the right to rely upon a mark as coming from that product or service coming from a particular source and of a particular quality. For instance, as parents and grandparents, we, when we see a DVD that has the Disney trademark on it, uh-huh, uh-huh. we don't feel like we have to view it before we show it to our kiddos. Uh, we know that that stands for wholesome entertainment, quality family entertainment, and that it's suitable for their use. And that's all on relying on that trademark alone. So that's, that's the primary uh, way they're different is that they, they are protecting different groups of people. Also, copyright does not protect like titles, brands, logos, and that sort of thing. So that's, that falls under trademark. So they protect different things. Well, um, and, you know, I know we're going to get into trademarks a little later. Mm -hmm. Uh, Let's uh, focus on uh, copyright, okay? So how does one copyright their work? Let's say I have a creative I've come up with uh, and give some examples of what kinds of things are copyrighted and how one goes about doing that. Okay, well, there's a myth out there, a common myth, that you have to register with the Copyright Office to create a copyright. That is not true. The law provides that, and I'll give you the legal mumble-jumble, and then I'll put it in plain English. (laughs) The, The law provides that copyright springs into being the moment the material is fixed in a tangible medium of expression. All that means is when ink hits paper, when a performance is recorded, when a computer program is saved to the hard drive. If it's a tangible thing that you can hold in your hand, it's a a tangible medium of expression, and your creativity is captured in that, uh, copyright springs into being. I liken it to a jack-in-the-box. I mean, you know how you wind the old Mm -hmm. jack-in-the-boxes and they Mm -hmm. pop up? Well, at the moment that you have your work fixed in that tangible medium of expression, up pops the -the jack-in-the-box. In other words, the copyright springs into being. 
Now, there are reasons to, to register with the trade uh, <laughs> copyright office, rather, and good ones, but it's not to create the copyright. So, uh, when should one actually register with uh, their copyright? Um, so, well, I, I advise my clients to uh, be liberal in your filings with the copyright office because it's so cheap. It's only thirty-five dollars per filing, and you can file things as compilations or uh, volumes, that sort of thing. But you know, like if you have a song and it's fixed in a tangible medium of expression, you want to copyright that. It's copyrighted. You want to register it. You send it in. Uh, and all this can be done online these days. You can still do it by U.S. mail, but they actually prefer uh-huh. online registration. So anytime you are going to have something that you want protected, I would say go ahead and register it because it's, it's relatively cheap. You don't need to register if, like your first draft of something, but mm-hmm. once you get it put in a form mm-hmm. that other people are going to be having access to it, you want to have it registered by that point. Well, an example, on a personal example, when I'm doing this program, um, the Business Edge, it is recorded, and then mm-hmm. I also do a Marsh's Musings, uh, which is recorded, and I get that file separately. Um, would you suggest that I copyright all my Marsha's musings? Absolutely. Uh, are those uh, audio or are they? They're audio. Yes. Yes. Yeah, I would suggest that you you could send them in as uh, Marsha's idols musings, fourth quarter two thousand thirteen, and you could put them all in one recording and that's an example of doing it as a volume it would be one registration fee of $35 for all of those musings during that entire quarter or however else it makes sense to break them up if it's by month December 2013 musings okay um, thank you I, I mean I hope Absolutely. this has helped me I hope it helps the uh, the <laughs> listeners now let's move on if I had another person create materials for me how can I be sure that I own it I'm glad you asked that question Marcia because that is a sticky wicket uh, basic, the basic rule of thumb is whomever creates the material owns it so we then look at what capacity are they acting in? If, mm-hmm. For instance, if you create something for yourself, obviously you own it. If you have an employee who is an actual employee, you, you mm-hmm. pay them wages, take out taxes, and all of, all of the things that are uh, associated with an employee, if they're acting in the course and scope of their employment on your time, at your facility, and it's within what they're supposed to be doing in their employment, then the law presumes that the employer, you, owns it, not the one who created it, who was your employee. So that kind of just takes care of itself with employees. The problem comes with <laughs> independent contractors. Which right. I was, I was just going to ask you that question. Yes, it, yeah, continue. You know, <laughs> these days, we do a lot of outsourcing. All companies do outsourcing of, of one type or the other, and you usually outsource it to an independent contractor. Mm-hmm. In those situations, again, remember that it's you know you start with the person who created it would which would be the independent contractor. So for you to own it, Marcia, in that kind of uh, scenario, you need to have three things. You need mm-hmm. to have it in writing. 
It cannot be an oral agreement. It needs to be a written agreement. And mm-hmm. in that written agreement, you need to have work-for-hire language that mm-hmm. says this is a work-for-hire to the benefit and ownership of Marsha's Idol or, mm-hmm. or whatever the name of the company is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And you also want to have assignment language in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, without getting too too deep and complex with copyright law, only certain things actually qualify as works for hire. And the law is the law. So even if you and I say it's a work for hire, if it's not under the law qualified as a work for hire, then we'd be out of luck but for Mm -hmm. the assignment language. So we include the assignment language that says it's assigned. And that's kind of what we lawyers call the belt and suspenders approach to it. If the belt doesn't work, you know, the work for hire language, the suspenders will save you with the assignment language. So written Work for hire language and assignment language is a must anytime you have an independent contractor. Well, you know, um, it's it's going to be it's so interesting, and I I, I want to uh, continue more about that and get into trademarks. But it's time for a short break. Uh, this is Marsha Zidal, your Smart Moves Coach. You're listening to the Business Edge, taking the growing pains out of growth on Voice America's Business Channel. My guest is Russ Riddle, and he will be back giving us more tips on how to protect and manage our intellectual property. Stay tuned. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash World Talk Radio or search for the keywords World Talk Radio. Once you're a part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings at the World Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our timeline. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash World Talk Radio or search for World Talk Radio. There's a saying, if you do what you've always done, you'll get what you've always gotten. Are you satisfied with what you're getting? Are you ready to get something different? To get the business edge, bring Marsha Zidal, the Smart Moves author and professional speaker, to your next meeting, conference, or retreat. What you get is more than just stories and motivation. Marsha delivers big ideas with big impact to fast-track your business and your leadership. Schedule your next keynote or presentation now at Marsha, M-A-R-C-I-A, at smartmovescoach.com. Where will your business be five years from now? Will you be soaring or just getting by? Of course you want to grow and prosper, but with growth comes bigger headaches. More hiring, more capital, more customers to satisfy, more plates to juggle, more stress, and more demands on your time. Yes, there is a solution. It's the Smart Growth System, created by Marsha Zidal, executive coach to business leaders. It will give you the tools to take the growing pains out of growth. Get a free consultation and assessment from Marsha, M-A-R-C-I-A, at smartmovescoach.com. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. The business community's first choice in Internet talk radio. Voice America Business Network. 
You are tuned into The Business Edge with Marsha Zidle. To reach Marsha or her guests on today's show, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You can also send us an email to Marsha at smartmovescoach.com. Now, back to The Business Edge. Welcome back, listeners. This is Marsha Zidle, your Smart Moves Coach. And I'm talking with uh, my guest, Russ Riddle, who calls himself the Anonymy at Law. And he's talking about how to protect our intellectual property. Russ, when we went for a break, uh, you were talking about copyrights, and we got into uh, the idea of outsourcing our work. And that mm-hmm. gets a little sticky. So can you give some examples of work that is outsourced and how to handle this? Sure. Think of things that you have uh, created for you one way or the other by someone who is not your employee. Uh, common examples would be a web designer. You outsource someone to design your website Uh, You have a writer that writes text for that website. Whether it's your website or a book or other materials, you might have an illustrator do some custom illustrations for you. Uh A photographer take photographs. A videographer do some video footage. All of those things are creating materials that are protected by copyright. And if you're using that outsourced independent contractor, you need to heed the advice that I gave before the break. That is to have the writing, have in that writing both work for hire language and assignment language. So um, you're saying that, and I have not done this, (laughs) which is I should have... um, um, if I'm using my like my web my web designer or mm-hmm. someone who uh, actually has uh, taken photographs of me, um, and there are so many other way, other uh, examples that each time or not each but that we sh- I should be having them I should have them sign something and what do you call that because um, well it could be a, a creative services agreement it could okay. be a, a illustration agreement, whatever it is, the title is not what's so important as what's in the document. And you just want to make sure that you have a paragraph or a section about ownership that has both that work-for-hire language and the assignment language. And they may present you with a document that has all that in there. They may present you with a document that does not have that particular language in there, and you would want to ask them to add it into the contract. Well, that is something that I need to do, and um, I am so glad you're on the show. Let's move on, and let's talk about trademarks. Um, For example, if I have a domain name, and I have several domain names from the Smart Mooch Coach to Leaders at All Levels to my own name, etc., should that be – is that a trademark? No, those two are actually different from one another. They're related in a way, but they're different, and that's where some people drop the ball on one or the other. A trademark is a word, name, symbol, or device. It might be a short phrase that's used in the marketplace to identify and distinguish goods or services from Mm -hmm. others. The trademark might be used as a domain name as well, but you need to realize the two are different. A domain name is not the same. Trademark owners who want to utilize their trademark as a domain name must 
apply for domain registration with right. a registrar. Mm-hmm. A common one is GoDaddy.com. Mm-hmm. There are many others. Uh, you have to do that as a separate action from registering the trademark or using something with a trademark symbol on it and claiming trademark. They're, they're, they relate in today's world, uh, virtual wor- world, and many people use them interchangeably, but you've got to make sure you've taken the steps to protect both. Well, you know, you mentioned the the marks, and uh, I have seen different symbols used for trademarks. One, you know, the TM, and then there's the R with the circle around it. What's the difference? Well, it's simply what that R with the circle around it stands for. It stands for a registered trademark. And a registered trademark is not when you file an application for a trademark with the United States Trademark Office. It's when several months down the road, because it's a slow process, when they actually grant the registration and you have a certificate of registration, then and only then can you begin using the Circle R. It's actually unlawful to use the Circle R if you don't have that registration because, again, back to what we said in the earlier segment, trademarks are there for a consumer to rely upon. And if you have on there that it's a registered trademark, they're relying on that when it, mm-hmm, in fact, mm-hmm. it's not then you're deceiving the public. So the Circle R is reserved for those registered trademarks only. The trademark symbol, the TM, mm-hmm. uh, anyone can use that. Uh, you'll see it typically superscripted at the end of the word or the logo. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, you, you can just you can find it all over the place. That's notification to the world that a trademark claim is made in that particular word, phrase, symbol, logo, whatever it is. It's not the same registered, but there is a trademark claim, and there are certain rights. You might also see an SM. That is a really a subdivision Mm -hmm. of trademark. Mm -hmm. It stands for service mark. It's another way of telling the world that you have a trademark claim. But if all you are offering are pure services and you don't have any goods to offer, Ah. it's a little more accurate to say a service mark as opposed to a trademark. So uh, what you're saying is, because I see lots of things, including your anomaly at law, which has a TM. Um, Mm -hmm. I would assume that when someone puts it on, on paper or on their website, they have started the process of registering that. Um, is that Maybe. a good assumption or bad assumption? Uh, it's, it's not a bad assumption, but it may or may not be true. Uh, you can claim a trademark without ever filing with the trademark office, and you have certain what we call common law trademark rights as opposed to the statutory rights under the Lanham Act, which is the the legislation for trademarks. So it may or may not be in the process, but I would suggest, and I always advise my clients, that the moment you start using some logo or trademark, I'm sorry, a, a phrase or word, that type of thing, and you mm-hmm. want to, to claim a trademark, do it from the get-go on everything that you put out, whether it's your website, whether it's a written piece that is a leave-behind mm-hmm. for people, wherever they see it, be sure and include that. 
So I think what you're saying is, although I, my domain name is Smart Moves Coach, and I did look at my uh, at the trademark and where you can look at if there uh, if it's available. Um, I think you're saying is, I believe you're saying is, I better go ahead and and start that process of of trademarking Smart Moves Coach. Correct? Yeah, you, it, it's become your brand, so you yes. just layer in it for the long haul. And I would suggest that we start that process. And this is for anyone else in the uh, in the listeners that if you have if you're known by something that it's pro it is uh, to start that process of trademarking it. Right. So and let- I, I, I do want to mention that if you want to head off some some claims at the past, so to speak, you, you do want to once you come up with something that you think is a brand and a, and a possible mm-hmm. trademark, do some uh, search engine. Mm-hmm. Uh, on, you know, whether it's Google or whatever online, also go to uh, the trademark website. They have a searchable database for trademarks, and you can mm-hmm. see if there are other marks that are identical or confusingly similar to yours. And that that website is simply USPTO.gov. G-O-V mm-hmm. stands for government. Okay, and so. Um, Briefly, um, is there anything I should avoid doing with regard to my trademarks? Absolutely. Uh, the, the biggest mistake that people have, used, have done in the past is that they have allowed their trademark to be used as a verb. You know, they have allowed it to be genericized, so mm. to speak. Uh, they've also not properly taken care to police it and register it. Some, some common words that were once eligible for trademark, aspirin, escalator, mm. linoleum, mm-hmm. kerosene. Mm-hmm. I could go on. Wouldn't it be nice to have the trademark on aspirin? No one does because it, <laughs> it, it, it's fallen into the public domain. Now, a particular company, Bear, for instance, the trademark is Bear, not mm-hmm. aspirin. It's Bear brand aspirin. Uh, it almost has happened to Kleenex because if you think about it, we just say, can I have a Kleenex? When we mean, can I have a tissue? It may be Kleenex brand. It may be another brand. Same thing with Xerox. Mm-hmm. Uh, people say, can you get me a Xerox of this? You know, that's mm-hmm. incorrect. It would get me a photocopy or a copy of this. Use the Xerox brand machine to do that. So you'll see sometimes where they have to take steps like run ads in magazines to clarify that. So don't, the one that's being used now is Google it. Yes, I was just going to ask you about that. Notice a moment ago when I talked about searching on a search engine like Google, I did not say Google it. Uh, I I was very purposeful in that because that's an improper use. Does that mean Google will lose that trademark? I don't know. That would be a period of time and and Mm -hmm. someone else to judge. But it is an improper use of that trademark. It's, It's using it as a verb. Well, you know, uh, we just have a couple minutes left, and I thought because you um, you you talk about uh, learning and laughing, um, let's just move us move aside a bit and say what are some interesting cases you've been involved in, uh, and I'm, I, you know you talked about Barney and 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 several others, so give some examples. Yeah, a couple come to mind. One was a a songwriter, a faith based songwriter, had a song called "Use Me." And, you know, the message of the song was for, you know, God to use him in whatever capacity. Well, someone took that song and, without permission 
and made use of it. And in my letter to them, my cease and desist letter, I, I had a statement in there that said, you know, despite what it might seem, the title Use Me is not an implicit license to do so. <laughs> and so, yeah, so I had to make it very clear that they needed to stop that. But, you know, there's nothing wrong with putting a little light side into it. Uh, another one that comes to mind, you mentioned Barney. Uh, well, you know, day. can we hold that thought sure. because it's going to be time for break and I think it would be good for you to start out the next segment with your story about Barney. So, uh, okay. this is uh, Marsha Zyle, your Smart Moves coach. You're listening to The Business Edge, taking the growing pains out of growth on Voice America's Business Channel. When we come back, my guest, Russ Riddle, will be talking about Barney and other interesting cases, plus more on how to protect Protect your intellectual property. Stay tuned. Your favorite Voice America Talk Radio Network shows and hosts are in your car, outdoors, and wherever you need them to be. Listen anywhere. Get our mobile app for iPhone, BlackBerry, or Android at the Apple iTunes App Store, BlackBerry App World, or Android Market. Where will your business be five years from now? Will you be soaring or just getting by? Of course you want to grow and prosper, but with growth comes bigger headaches. More hiring, more capital, more customers to satisfy, more plates to juggle, more stress, and more demands on your time. Yes, there is a solution. It's the Smart Growth System, created by Marsha Zidal, executive coach to business leaders. It will give you the tools to take the growing pains out of growth. Get a free consultation and assessment from Marsha, M-A-R-C-I-A, at smartmovescoach.com. There's a saying, if you do what you've always done, you'll get what you've always gotten. Are you satisfied with what you're getting? Are you ready to get something different? To get the business edge, bring Marsha Zidal, the Smart Moves author and professional speaker, to your next meeting, conference, or retreat. What you get is more than just stories and motivation. Marsha delivers big ideas with big impact to fast-track your business and your leadership. Schedule your next keynote or presentation now at Marsha, M-A-R-C-I-A, at smartmovescoach.com. Have you friended us on Facebook yet? Why not? Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for the keywords Voice America. Once you are part of our Facebook network, you'll receive daily messages about what's happening with our shows, this week's featured guests, and new happenings of the Voice America Talk Radio Network. And you can add your voice to the always active discussions on our wall. Just go to Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for Voice America. From the boardroom to you, Voice America Business Network. You are tuned into The Business Edge with Marsha Zidal. To reach Marsha or her guests on today's show, please call 1 866 472 5790. That's 1 866 472 5790. You can also send us an email to Marsha at smartmovescoach.com. Now, back to The Business Edge. Welcome back. Uh, this is Marsha Zotto, your Smart Moves Coach, and my guest is Russ Riddle, the anomaly, um, let's see, uh, of at law, the anomaly at law. And he was, I asked him about some interesting cases, and we, he started to talk about Barney, and so continue that, Okay. Yeah, we're talking about the purple guy, Barney the purple dinosaur, as opposed right. to uh, other Barneys. And, you know, one of the things, kids at the 
age that Barney is is targeted toward, they think Barney's real. And so we had a case one time where, uh, for you know, entertainment purposes at, at the San Diego Padres game, the San Diego Chicken, which is their mascot, was beating up Barney. Uh, they had another character dressed up as Barney, and, and they were acting it out. We actually had kids and crying and parents trying to calm their kids down because they were, Barney's getting beat up. And so we had to look at that case. There were some First Amendment considerations in that particular case that, that made it have some problem uh, part of it. But, you know, that's, a, that's an interesting thing. Another one we had was we uh, had a litigation matter over the song Peanut Butter, uh, you know, peanut, peanut butter, and mm-hmm. jelly. That song, I won't sing it, and I will spare your listeners of that. <laughs> but, but it was a case where uh, Disney had put out that song, several other children's brands had put out that song, and so did um, our company. And unfortunately, the plaintiffs who, who brought that suit chose our company because at the time, Barney was, was very big in the media, and they could have sued others, but they chose us. And so we had to deal with a little sticky case of peanut butter. So all kinds of things come up. We had people, Barney is very dear to the little ones, and not so mm-hmm. much the adults, but mm-hmm. that's okay. It's not for the adults. And so we, we had um, some very interesting things come about. Well, you know, I, I thought we'd add a little levity to this, and now let's get back to the, the you know, the core of uh, the program, which is how to protect, uh, manage and protect your intellectual property. And so um, we're talking about copyrights and trademarks, and I know you said that you have, you would like to give some practical tips uh, around that protection. So what are a couple of things that our, our uh, listeners should uh, be aware of or do? Okay, let's talk about copyright first. I, I think three or four things to be sure you do. Mm-hmm. One we talked about in depth, and that was ensure that you own that material from the outset, and that had mm-hmm. to do with the independent contractors. Make mm-hmm. sure you have that written agreement. Mm-hmm. Uh, put copyright notices on the materials to inform the world that there is a copyright in that material. Uh, you would have the copyright symbol, the year that you published it, and whoever owns it. You've seen that on many things. Be sure and include mm-hmm. that. Uh, register. Uh, the copyright has already sprung into being, but register with the copyright office so that you have the various advantages of that. And if you have someone that is using your material without permission, you need to take steps to pursue the infringers. Uh, cease and desist letter at the very least. Possibly litigation. It just depends on the situation. You need to consult an attorney. Trademarks. Uh, continually use the trademark in commerce. Uh, trademarks are use it or lose it type thing. Uh, you don't get to have the corner on the market of a brand if you're not actually using it. And that relates back again to what trademarks protect, consumers. Uh, you register with the trademark office. Don't allow others to use your mark generically or as a verb. We talked about, you know, the Google it. That's mm-hmm. the proper use. Don't allow mm-hmm. them to do that. Be consistent with the look of your trademark. Uh, don't be playing around with, if it's a d- fanciful design that has colors, don't be playing around with the colors and all of that because, again, you want to distinguish the mark. And if you're always changing it, it, it never really gets distinction in the marketplace. Uh, use the symbols that we talked about. And, again, just like with copyright, uh, you need to trade uh, 
pursue trademark infringers as well. Those are some basics that you want to be sure you do. Okay, now let's move on because um, we've, uh, we, let's talk about some parameters of using things from the Internet. Okay. Is it a free-for-all game? No, and, and most people, I shouldn't say most, a lot of people assume that if it's on the Internet, I can just copy it, you know, block, copy, and paste, and it's okay because it's out there in the public domain, it's, in, it's on the Internet. That is completely false. Just because it's on the Internet does not mean it's in the public domain. In fact, the majority of what you'll find on the Internet is protected by copyright or trademark, mm-hmm. and so you should treat it as someone else's materials, meaning you need to get permission to use that. Or, you know, that might be by way of a license. Uh, it, it could be as simple as an email. But you need something in the file that proves you had permission to use that or you're subject to liability. They may or may not come after you, but the fact of the matter is you're using someone else's stuff without permission. Um so be sure that you do your research. Now, mm-hmm. there are things on the Internet that are in the public domain, but you need to have that research done to be able to prove that. And it gets very complex, and I don't think we'll have time in this show, but I'd love to talk with anyone who's interested about how you go about those kinds of searches to find if something's in the public domain or not. Uh, there is a legal uh, phrase and, and defense that a lot of people have heard called fair use. That's a sticky wicket as well. It's very tricky. It's case specific. That means Mm -hmm. it depends on the facts of your case. The Mm -hmm. court weighs several factors and courts, quite frankly, have been unpredictable. Uh, Some of the things that lawyers guessed would be fair use were deemed not fair use and vice versa. So you want to be sure and either have the permission or if you're going to rely on fair use, and I would say don't, but if you do, make sure that you get counsel uh, on that from a legal expert in the field. Okay. So, you know, we talked about the public domain, and it's not, you know, free for all, and, um, and, and a couple other things of fair use. Um, I know you wanted to touch on licensing and mm-hmm. licenses. So can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, there are several licenses uh, that you would use. Uh, it depends on what it is. A lot of people, they want to use a snippet of a song in their presentation or on their site, a clip of a famous scene of a movie or a television show. Those sorts of things, have, there are license, specific licenses attached to those. Uh, you need, a, for instance, a clip license if you're going to use a snippet, an excerpt of a television show, a movie. There is a motion picture licensing institute mm-hmm. that can help you with that, but you do need to get a license or uh, you could rely on fair use, but again, be very careful about doing that. You'd be surprised. I ha- it, back to Barney. Uh, I had several people at several occasions ask me, how many notes of that song can I use and it be fair use? I said, I can't answer. What song? And I can't get, she said, just give me a number of notes and that'd be my rule of thumb. (laughs) I said, I can't do that. It depends on the song. For instance, what if they wanted to use the NBC theme? You know, the da-da-da. I said I wasn't going to sing, but (laughs) it's three notes. 
if you use three notes of that song, you'd use the entire thing. Uh, Now, if you want to use three notes of some movie theme, A, no one's going to recognize it, but B, it's probably fair use, but not if it's the NBC theme. So it really is fact-specific. So if it's in in there, out there, you know, there's ways you can do things legally, but you need to get the advice. Don't just rely on some rule of thumb and, and take the chance. Well, you know, we've talked a lot about copyright and trademarks. What other type of intellectual property is out there? Um, you know, we have several minutes uh, left, and so okay. uh, can you give a quick synopsis? Sure. Uh, the other two primary types I think you mentioned at the top of the hour, and they were patents and trade secrets. Mm-hmm. Patents uh, are, are very hard to get because of the nature of what a patent is. A patent is an exclusive right granted by the government, which allows you to exclude others from making, using, or selling an invention for a certain amount of time. So they are very meticulous. They scrutinize them very carefully. And I, quite frankly, I don't handle patents because patents have a lot of engineering background. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and to, to properly draft a patent, which, by the way, could cost tens of thousands of dollars, is something that you really need to rely on someone with an electrical engineering or some other engineering background. Mm-hmm. So I leave that to the lawyers that have that background. But it's, you know, if you have an invention, uh, it's going to be, is it patentable or not? Or not? And it might be a utility patent, meaning it has a, a purposeful use that is novel. It might be a design patent, which is something that's designed in a, such a way as to make it a better thing. That's, that's what a patent's for, really, inventions. The, your business owners and the, and the more common one for you know, entrepreneurs, mom and pop mm-hmm. shops, uh, any kind of business entity or endeavor are likely to have some trade secrets. Right. And a trade secret is just what it sounds like. It's non-public information that your company derives independent economic value from the fact that it's not generally known or readily ascertainable. Uh, right. it, it could be such things as customer lists. It could be formulas. Uh, I'll use Coke again as an example. There's a formula for Coca-Cola, and it's ultra-secret. Uh, that is a trade secret. And so, but you, the key for you to maintain a trade secret, and, and it can be maintained theoretically forever, but you have to treat it like a secret. You can't just say, oh, that's my trade secret. Right. Uh, you, you have to be really t- taking measures to keep it as such, and that might be that all of your employees have a non-disclosure agreement, Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, any kinds of of step, the methods of production are eligible for a trade secret, Uh, method of doing business if it's something that's not known, Uh, secret formulas, contract terms can sometimes fall within it, Uh, patterns, devices. Anything wow. that wouldn't you like to know how they do that? 
whatever it is. It's probably a trade secret that they're protecting. And Well, uh, you know, on that point, Russ, because you've given us so many examples of trade secrets, and I think we all have our own little trade secrets, it's time for a short break. And once we come back, Russ is going to tell you how to contact him and, and even get perhaps uh, some additional information from him. So uh, this is Marcia Zidal, your Smart Moves coach, and stay tuned. Find out which guests are being featured this week. Read our network press releases and read the blog posts from your favorite hosts. Go to iradioblog.com today. Powered by the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Where will your business be five years from now? Will you be soaring or just getting by? Of course you want to grow and prosper, but with growth comes bigger headaches. More hiring, more capital, more customers to satisfy, more plates to juggle, more stress, and more demands on your time. Yes, there is a solution. It's the Smart Growth System, created by Marsha Zeidel, executive coach to business leaders. It will give you the tools to take the growing pains out of growth. Get a free consultation and assessment from Marsha, M-A-R-C-I-A, at smartmovescoach.com. There's a saying, if you do what you've always done, you'll get what you've always gotten. Are you satisfied with what you're getting? Are you ready to get something different? To get the business edge, bring Marsha Zidal, the Smart Moves author and professional speaker, to your next meeting, conference, or retreat. What you get is more than just stories and motivation. Marsha delivers big ideas with big impact to fast-track your business and your leadership. Schedule your next keynote or presentation now at Marsha, M-A-R-C-I-A, at smartmovescoach.com. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics, reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life, and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. When it comes to business, you'll find the experts here. Voice America Business Network. You are tuned into The Business Edge with Marsha Zidal. To reach Marsha or her guests on today's show, please call 1-866-472-5790. That's 1-866-472-5790. You can also send us an email to Marsha at smartmovescoach.com. Now, back to The Business Edge. Welcome back, listeners. Uh, my guest today is Russ Riddle, and he is known as the Anomaly at Law, and he's going to uh, tell you briefly on how to contact him because you will have additional questions on how to protect and manage your intellectual property. So, Russ, how can they, well, how can they contact you? Well, the easiest way is to send me an email. It's uh, very easy to remember. It's Russ, that's R-U-S-S, Russ at AnomalyAtLaw.com. That's a good email that they can reach me at. I check it all the time. Uh, my website is RussRiddle.com. That's R-U-S-S-R-I-D-D-L-E.com. Uh, either place. Uh, there's a there's a way to contact me through the website or just send me an email directly. 
Uh, you'll notice when you're on my website, there's a store. Uh, if you want more information about this corral, your cash cow, and as you can tell from this show, we've been going 90 to nothing and we're just skimming the surface. <laughs> I have a 62-page manual on corral, your cash cow. If you happen to go to the the website and you hover your cursor over the store, there'll be a drop-down for corral, your cash cow. It's a 62-page uh, manual in that you'll find all kinds of information as well as 10 licensing forms that you can use. It's a great value at $39.95 plus tax plus shipping, but if you have listened to the show, if you will send me an email directly, I will get with you and I will send you one for $30 even. Uh, that's a pretty good discount, and you avoid uh, the extra charges. I will absorb those on my end. So Corral Your Cash Cow Manual, it's under the store. You can also click on the store itself, and you'll find the book that Marsha mentioned, and that's a Lawyer Up the Smart Way. It's a, it's a fairly thin read, but it's got lots of value in it. And where that came about, Marsha, was several people thought that, how can I find a lawyer like you, Russ? I don't need a copyright <laughs> lawyer. I need a such-and-such lawyer. Right, it's about right. that. Everyone is going to need a lawyer at some point, like it or not. Uh, there's all kinds of little things of life that, that give rise to that. It's a great read. It's very practical, and you can find the right lawyer for you by looking at that. So it's well, a couple of ways. Well, thank you so much, Russ, because it was such an enjoyable and worthwhile interview, and I'm going to go out and do the things you say you're going to do. Excellent. Uh, and, now, and now... It's time for Marsha's Musings, a tasty morsel of wisdom and wit to take the growing pains out of growth. Listeners, has this ever happened to you? You made a business or career decision that didn't turn out the way you wanted or hoped for. Sometimes timing was wrong, too soon or too late. Or you based it on information that was faulty. The rollout of a new product line was mired in delays. Or you didn't or anticipate the customer dissatisfaction with a policy change and they went viral on social media to vent their frustrations. Well, you're not alone. All of us have made decisions that we want to take back and do over, but that's not always possible. Over the years, as an executive coach working with business leaders and managers, I have found they tend to make these three common decision-making mistakes. Which have you made? The first is procrastination. I'll deal with that tomorrow. I'm just too busy today. Here are some examples that got you into trouble. You waited too long and missed an opportunity that someone else took advantage of. Or since you dragged your feet, the decision was made for you and you're not too pleased. Second, impulsiveness. Let's just do it now, which is the opposite of procrastination. In other words, you decide with your gut. Of course, we tap into our intuition. However, to make wise decisions, we also need to have facts to substantiate our gut. Also, we may not truly understand the ripple effects of our decisions. When something changes in one area, it doesn't stop there. It leads to changes in other areas as well. Third mistake, 
Opinions about others. I know they're right. I know they're wrong. People have a tendency to overestimate the importance of some individuals or groups. Because we respect and value them, we believe what they say, sometimes not questioning their facts or assumptions. The opposite is discounting certain groups or individuals and therefore underestimating their ideas. This is unfortunate since they can provide a different and valuable perspective on what the issues are really are. Listeners, here's an exercise for you. Select a recent decision that did not turn out well. Ask yourself these questions. Did you mostly listen to your head or to your gut? Did you overestimate or underestimate certain people's input? Did you decide very quickly or did you go over it again and again, the different options? Did you ask others what they thought or did you feel you're the best judge of the situation? The answers will give you insights into your decision-making habits. Perhaps you need to make some changes. Here's a smart moves tip. Most of our setbacks are not due to bad circumstances, but to our bad decisions. To make better decisions, you need a pause button. Find someone like a wise friend, colleague, or coach who will help you assess the pros, the cons, as well as the possible unattended consequences of what you want to do. Then you can proceed with greater confidence that you're on the right track. Listeners, do you know how good a decision maker you are? Find out with my quick quiz. Send an email to Marcia, M-A-R-C-I-A, at smartmovescoach.com with the word decision in the subject line. Or call me at 972-380-9181. You're listening to Marcia Zeidel, the Smart Moves Coach. Making sure you're on the right track and not getting sidetracked in your drive for high performance and profitability. Next week's show is Jumping the Curve. Research by McKinsey and the Women's Advocacy Group Catalyst shows that women represent more than half of entry-level professionals in America corporations today but account for only 3% of Fortune 500 CEOs and less than 15% of executive positions at top organizations. With such an emphasis on women in the workforce over the last 40 years, why is there only minimal progress for women moving into top leadership positions? Simmons College President Helen Drynan, a former banking executive, will share her personal career paths failures and successes, and lessons learned. I'll end with my favorite quote. There are three kinds of people in this world, those who make it happen, those who let it happen, and those who asked, what happened? Which one are you? If you're highly motivated to make it happen, let me help you make it happen. Call me now for a free consult at 972-380-380. 9181 or email Marcia M-A-R-C-I-A at smartmovescoach.com Thank you for listening. 
Tune in every week, 11 a.m. Pacific, 2 p.m. Eastern, for The Business Edge with Marsha Zidal, your smart moves coach and speaker, helping entrepreneurs and business leaders take their company, firm, or practice to that next level with less stress and more success. In other words, how to take the growing pains out of growth, innovate, improve, ignite, or die. Make smart moves. Thank you. You've been listening to The Business Edge with Marsha Zidal. Please join us again next Wednesday at 11 a.m. Pacific Time, 2 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Business Channel. And enjoy taking your business to the next level. Thanks again for listening to the preceding program brought to you on the Voice America Business Channel. For more information about our network and to check out additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericabusiness.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the preceding program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. 